and he sees this. Ooh, he just I hears him sniff, and he looks over, and the kid's cutting coke on the front desk of the business. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome again. I'm Anthony. We got Tyler over here killing it. Um, so today, we normally cover three topics, one to one to one. So today we're going to talk about um, how to be better at Olymp- Olympic lifting. Now, we're going to focus on the beginner and early intermediate. So a beginner, I want to classify that as someone who has an awareness of what ollie lifting is, and they've not, they're deadlifted, they've squatted, they've pressed before, right? So they're not like first time in the gym. Okay, so, I like it. So then our second topic for nutrition is going to be on sugary beverages and how you can replace them with other things that might be a little bit better for you or how to get off of those cheap cows. Okay. Topic number three, we're going to talk a little bit about mental toughness and how to build it. And for me, at least we're going to focus on, I'm going to focus on how the gym can help you do that. Awesome. I like it. I feel like there's some, uh, I'm going to need to pay attention to topic number two here and get those cows out of here. Those, those cheap cows, man. Sugar's cheap. It is easy to get in. So. All right, roll the intro. <laughs> Zoom. And we're back. And we're back. All right, guys. I wanted to start today with a, a funny story. So I manage a gym, and I meet with people who want to sign up for a gym. So today I met up with this guy who he doesn't have a name. It was very weird. His registration was blank. Um, so he, he's been in the military. He served a couple years. He went to school. He's doing a lot of different things. So like this guy is an adult. He's got a kid. Um, he's got like a job, you know, like a regular guy who's just trying to be fit and live his life. So All right. one of the questions I always ask is like, what does your fitness look like? before this what have you done in the past and he's like you know when we were in the military we ran we did push-ups we did sit-ups we did a little bit of combat you know the regular stuff some gym time um like all right cool well well, why are you looking for a new gym now and he's like well it's not quite working on my routine i don't feel like i don't want to go down to this gym i don't want to something bad happened i'm like something something bad. Okay. This guy's like, he's an adult, right? So for someone, an adult to say something bad happened, it sounds like a a little kid like snitching on somebody. Yeah. (laughs) So he signed a three month commitment to this boxing gym and there are a million where I am. So you'll never guess it. So he goes in for the first workout. It's fine. It's super fun. Um, He's like, cool. This is, this is awesome. I'm glad I signed up for three months. Second workout, same thing. No problem. Um, third workout he's finished up just hanging out and uh, where this gym is it's above like a retail store so this kid comes up from the retail store he said kid so I'm gonna say they're like late teens early 20s okay you know because he's 33 or 34 right so not that much older and he said this kid comes up and goes over to the front desk and he sees this He just hears him sniff and he looks over and the kid's cutting Coke on the front desk of the business. Hold up though. Like when I, when I think of a boxing gym, I've never been, let me be clear, never been to one in my life. Yeah. But when you said he signed up to this boxing gym, I'm thinking it's a cheesy like fitness, like gym, not where they don't really teach you how to box. It's just cheesy fitness, cardio, whatever. But then when you tell me someone's there doing Coke, I'm like, actually, this might be a legit boxing gym. (laughs) Yeah. So when I think of a boxing gym, I think of like level red or like, uh, I love kickboxing, you know, the lights are low. So they're just like, they look like an orange theory, but for, but for, it's like the CrossFit boutique boxing is what it is. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought of when you said it, just like, it's not, they're not actually going to get you to go fight in the ring somewhere. Right. Not like your typical, like. 1980s like where rocky trained that's what i'm thinking now though it's not it's not that it's like somewhere in the middle between those two like guys trying to make a living 
Okay. You know, so, so he does that and he's like, Oh, okay. This is a little weird. Um, I don't, it makes me a little nervous cause I don't do Coke. So I don't like to be around people that do. So the owner of the business came out and the kid and the owner both started doing lines. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So they're both doing lines and uh, he's like, okay, if the cops come in, I'm fucked. I have a little kid. Like I know I'm going to get cleared because I'm clearly not doing drugs. So I'm freaking out. I got to go. Now he's like, all right, cool. So he goes to leave and the owner comes over to him and he's like, yo, dude, you got 80 bucks. And he's like, do I have 80 bucks? He's like, I need 80 bucks cash. The owner of this boxing fitness company yeah. asked a client after doing Coke in front of him for 80 bucks. Yep. And the guy's like, ah, I don't know. And the owner goes, I'll give you a lifetime membership if you give me 80 bucks cash. Oh, Jesus. I would have never gone back there. 80 bucks for a lifetime membership? So he was like, well, maybe I'll do this. So then he starts thinking like a very mature person. Like I would not have this thought. I would be a little panicky. And he was like, okay, well, if I do this in his head, you know, what's going to happen next time he needs to borrow 80 bucks? Is he going to give me like a second lifetime membership? Right, exactly. What else can he offer me for 80 bucks? And how can he not afford 80 bucks? Yeah. Great. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't carry cash on me, but like I could get 80 bucks in like 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. Go to the ATM, get some 80 bucks, but, and, uh, and you get out of there. Yeah. I would, I would not have done that at all. Yeah. So he signed up for our gym cause, uh, never done Coke in my life. So like, thanks miscellaneous random boxing gym. <laughs> That's crazy. So Fun. Olympic weightlifting. Yeah, Olympic weightlifting. Let's talk about it. So, Ty, where did you want to start here? Well, I think, so the way you broke it down there in the beginning, you talked about, like, talking about a beginner. Um, so, I'm not so sure if where I was going to go with it applies as much to the beginner. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if you want to maybe start there, though. Okay, yeah. So, the, the key for me is low weight, high reps and keep squat bench deadlift consistent. Yeah, I agree. When you say high reps, you mean um, like get repetitions in. Yep. Yeah. So like we talked about in Ali certs, which we've gone to together. Uh, we did the, you saw one together. Yeah. Um, broomstick reps to just grease the wheels. Mm -hmm. And then I, I want to say high reps relative to what a, like a traditional Ollie coach might tell you to do. You know, five sets of three isn't necessarily going to get you from beginner to intermediate. It's just not enough repetitions. Yeah. So what would be better in my, in my eyes is, you know, every 30 seconds to, with a bar for 10 minutes, do three high hang muscle snatches, right? So you like get used to your body going through those positions and you'll be sweating, but just use a 45 pound bar. Oh Yeah. Yeah, if um, I would say like traditional Ollie coaches, I don't know a ton about like how they train Chinese weightlifters, but I imagine they start at a very young age. Yeah. When they're young, when they're children, I think they do a lot of high reps, you know, to mm -hmm. perfect it. So I don't want to say that they wouldn't do that also. Yeah. But but I know what you mean. Like like you said, if five by three might be the whole workout for yep. for certain. Advanced. And the, the more advanced you are, the less repetitions I think you need because you can work at actual maximal percentages, right? right? So this beginner, even if, you know, let's say you bench 200, you deadlift 300, you squat somewhere in the middle, like you're strong enough to snatch probably 200 pounds close yeah. to it, right? But the heaviest weight you might be able to handle in a snatch is like 135. So. Yeah your one rep max is five pounds off of your 10 rep max, you know, because you don't have capacity. You're missing the key components, right? Yeah. That's, so, I think that's what's important to realize with Olympic lifts is like the squat, the bench, the deadlift, they can be used to gain strength, 
Yep. And they can also be expressions of strength. You know, when you're mm -hmm. going like one rep maxes and stuff like that. Uh, but the Olympic lifts are pretty much way more on the end of just expressions, right? Yeah. You're not necessarily going to get very strong doing them. However, not, you know, caveat, you are going to get explosive. You can yeah. get explosive doing them. And yeah, you can definitely gain a certain type of strength from doing them too, but you're not going to become like way stronger than you already are purely by doing the traditional Olympic lifts. Yeah. And that's something that I see as a mistake for um, like novice strength and conditioning coaches. They're doing cleans for strength training. Right. Now, I would say like Olympic lifters, you know, they don't just do the traditional snatch and just do the traditional clean and jerk. Right, right. Definitely not. I'm not saying that they're not doing intelligent training. Right. Well, even them. Yeah, you nailed it, right? The, the clean and the snatch is an expression of their maximal deadlift squat press. And they're still doing all three of those things and tons of variations of all of them. Mm -hmm. and accessory work too. So yeah. don't get me wrong there. It's like playing football, right? You lift weights to have a better body to allow you to play more football. Right. You bench but, press so that you can, that's a sport. Yeah. But anyways, back to the beginner. So like, mm -hmm. I think you're on the right track here with it. You're saying repetition, 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 get your reps in. I think that's absolutely the case. If you're a beginner, keep the weights light, empty barbell, perfect, perfect uh, positions, repetitions, mm -hmm no fatigue at all, just get used to the movements. Mm -hmm. So the when I have someone learn how to do it, the first thing I'll tell them, and even this goes for an intermediate lifter, we are not going to the floor. We're gonna stay above the knee for a long time. Always, always stay above the knee when I'm teaching somebody. There's mm -hmm. a great progression, it's great. I believe it's from Cal Strength on their YouTube channel. And it's like so old, It's pro I don't know if it's five or 10 years old at this point. But um, I believe it's Cal Strength YouTube. They have a progression, a series. It's maybe like five or six videos, short videos where they take you through the progression, teaching people the clean and jerk and the snatch. And it's super simple. It's nothing profound by any means, but yeah. it's always start above the knee for as long as it takes for them to get that down. Yeah. Work your way down. And they have to nail it before you move on. Yeah, like so you're doing, like basically their progression starts it, you'll be doing hang um, squat snatches, full snatches before yeah. you ever go to the floor with it. Yep. Yeah. So this, this beginner has a, a one rep max and a five rep max, but they're always for me, the beginner is from the hang. I would yeah. say once you're an intermediate, you can work from the floor, but the majority of the reps for the, uh, the order of the motor pattern, right? Quarter extremity to hit all of your pieces we just work above the knee for a long time and you will get better really fast doing that. Yep. You know, the biggest mistakes happen from the floor to the knee. The yep. only reason you do that is because you have to get it from the ground to somewhere before you snatch it up and overhead. Exactly. And I think a big piece for the beginner too, and this applies to every, no matter what your stage, but specifically for the beginner, I cannot stress enough. We already said it, but it is about reps and not about intensity and you really need to um, change your mindset. Like it's practice, it's not training, Yep. practice. Low heart rate, low muscle fatigue. Yeah. You can do it after a workout or a conditioning piece with the heart rate going up. You can sure. do it before, you can do it both. But you need, to, it, you need to not, if you go into it with the mindset that I'm going to get a great workout from this, you're, you're probably gonna mess up the intention of the workout. You're probably going to go too hard, not focus on your technique and not get better at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So I have one drill that stands out to me as being the most effective. Um, so if I have a beginner, we're going to take a light bar. We're going to walk up to a wall. We're going to do a high hang muscle snatch. Okay. So we're going to do a lot of them. Facing, facing the wall, like toes literally against the wall. So the position here, and I'm going to describe it and it kind of sucks because we're a podcast, but you face the wall, your toes are touching. When you dip down, this needs to be a vertical dip. Yep. So your torso is completely parallel. Your face shouldn't move any closer to the wall. Mm -hmm. Now your knees, 
they can go forward and touch the wall. I wouldn't touch the wall because walls are hard or your wall is soft and then you put a hole in it. So toes, knees against the wall, you're leaning back against or away. Now, when you, you stand up, you shrug, right? That's a good snatch drill. You can just stop there. Or you can stand, shrug, and high pull. Now, being close to the wall makes you finish fully. And to me, a full finish isn't vertical. There's some hyperextension. So you lean back away from the wall so that bar can actually go vertical. Right. If you don't lean back, you hit yourself in the chest. Yeah. So um, at our Ollie cert, they actually, I remember that they didn't teach it this way. They taught us very vertical chest, even when the bar was at the knees, and then really vertical chest at the top of the jump. But I think for full extension, you have to really have to go back. So then you get into the habit of leaning backwards as you pull that bar up over your head and then returning to a center position. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I agree. hundred percent. I think, I think with coaching a lot of times anyways, it's like the cues aren't necessarily accurate to what mm -hmm. has to actually happen. You know, yeah. sometimes just trying to make you think a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, and you over-exaggerate positions so yeah. that when I give you a coaching cue, you're not going to go as far as I want you to go because that's normal. You know, I say lean back, you're going to lean back a little, or you think you're leaning back a lot and you're not. So overcorrecting and then you bring it back into center is going to make the biggest change slowly over time. Yeah. And if you get those reps in again, that's the key. So you get those reps in and then you can start adding weight as uh, as you progress, as you get more skillful at the yeah. So I'll put, I'll actually put a video of that drill together and we can put it in the show notes because I've been meaning to put it together because it's one of my favorites of all time. So Hold me to it. I'm going to put the video in the show notes. You can click on it, take you to YouTube and you'll see my favorite beginner. And I'm going to teach it as a snatch because if you learn how to do a snatch, same principles apply for the clean. Right. Okay. I like it. Um, I think that kind of opens the door a little bit to what we're the intermediate phase now. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to go into what I think is a really awesome way to think about improving your Olympic lifting um, from a coaching perspective, but it could be you're just coaching yourself, you know, so tr maybe you don't have a coach, but you just need some ideas. So ever heard of juggernaut strength training? Of course. Or juggernaut training systems or whatever, Chad, um, Chad, whatever his name is. <laughs> I think that's his last name, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. Um, him and Max Aida, I believe, is the Olympic lifting guy. Chad is the uh, powerlifting guy. Max is the Olympic lifting guy. And a couple years ago, they came out with this idea called the Olympic weightlifting triad. Are you familiar with it at all? Mm -mm. No. Okay. So they basically break down Olympic lifting into these three qualities, I guess you would say. And it help, it gives you a framework as to how to program to improve your lifting. So how to write a program or basically it gives you a, so sorry, maybe it's not as in depth as that, but it gives you a framework as to how to pick exercises Got to it. improve your lifting. So basically what it is, uh, instead of trying to cue for specific movements, uh, movement patterns, like saying that, okay, knees have to go back, which might be true, but sometimes they go out. Sometimes certain people send them further back than other people, you know, instead of saying chest up or hips, whatever, instead of worrying about all of that, acknowledging that we all have different bodies, different anthropology or whatever, or whatever it's called. What's it? What is it? Is Anthropom anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomology. I'm going to Anthropomology. <laughs> I know that's not correct, but that's the one I like. So I'm going with that. I'm putting it in Urban Dictionary. <laughs> but anyways, we're all different. So instead of worrying about that, we're going to look at the qualities of the movement. And they have three qualities of the movement. So first one is going to be the bar path. The bar uh, has to go in a straight line for it to be the most efficient, like or like very, very close to a straight line, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a significant deviation going backwards or forwards, you're making it way harder than it needs to be. Yeah, and this is, you can buy uh, clips that will track this for you and you can okay. put it on your bar. You can just take a video with like coach's eye or there are like a million free apps and then you can track it and that's gonna help you a ton. 
Yep. So instead of worrying about how far back your knees are going or where the weight is on your foot, which is very important still, or like whether your chest is up, just look at the bar path. Is it a straight vertical bar path? Like that's number one. Um, then the next one is going to be the height of the bar. So like how high you can get the bar to go, you know, so the higher you can get the bar to go, the more you're going to be able to lift because sure, sure. more time to get under it. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, that third piece is what I just said, time to fixation, time to get under the bar till you get to that fixed position where you catch. Right. So the faster you are getting down there, then the more weight you're going to be able to lift. Yeah. So those three qualities, the path of the bar, the height of the bar, and your speed under the bar. Mm -hmm. So basically they say, okay, go ahead and analyze your movement or your client's movement or whatever, and try and figure out what's going on there. Like, is, do they have a bad bar path? Are they just not pulling the bar high enough? Or are they very slow getting under it? Once you can identify what the biggest problem is, then they give you a list of exercises that are designed to improve those problems. Nice. Rather than just cueing to say, hey, be faster, or hey, pull higher, or hey, get your knees back, or whatever. I like that cue, be faster. Not that those things are never appropriate. Sometimes, you're, sometimes you're just being lazy. Sometimes you got yeah. lazy on the pool. Sometimes you got lazy getting under it. Sometimes you did come on your toes too soon and leaned forward or whatever. So not that those things never are true, but instead of just cueing somebody over and over and over, mm. here are exercises designed that will force you to have a straight bar path. Here are exercises designed that will force you to pull the bar super high or get under it super fast. Mm -hmm. So that's what they do. And um, yeah, that's I cool. Love I love it. Do you like, know how many exercises are they have in each category? And can we find this online for free or is it like a book? But all, all of it. So it is a book. I used to have it, um, but it was a very short book. It was like a, like maybe 50 pages. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was literally just like the concept kind of explained and then a list of exercises. So it was a very short book. I'm pretty sure you can go buy it from Juggernaut Training Systems. Mm-hmm. The Olympic lifting triad. You can also find their YouTube series about it, which is probably right. better, probably way better. Um, so just Google that or YouTube that. And I believe they have, I want to say they have at least five to 10 exercises in each category, mm -hmm. something that range. So it's a decent amount to pick from. It sounds like it was inspired by uh, like uh, the conjugate system, right? So you do your, your max effort and then you have your special exercises. You have your max effort, your dynamic effort, and then the special exercises are basically like, oh, you have bad biceps, so do a bunch of curls, or you have slow push, so now you're doing extra speed reps. Yeah. So, yeah, you're just complimenting it, and it's nice that they put it into a book because you, as a coach, like don't reinvent the wheel, just steal everybody's ideas. A hundred percent. Like. So I can think of an example of one exercise from each category. So like if your bar path is off, one of the things they'll have you do um, is do like a, what they call a no feet snatch. So what that would mean is that you don't move your feet. You're not allowed to move your feet. So they don't come off the ground. So if your bars, if you have a problem sending the bar forward, mm -hmm. what your correction naturally is you jump forward to catch it. Sure. But if you have a no foot snatch, you can't. You can't. Oh, that's good. That's exactly. so good. Yeah. So that's one. So you can't move your feet like that would correct for bar path. Uh, height of the pool would just be things such as like focusing on high pools, you know, like doing a snatch high pool. Yep. Um, and then time under bar could be something like uh, like those drop snatches or just those high hang snatches where mm -hmm. it forces you to be super quick. Yeah, I like box uh, snatches off blocks for that one. Yeah, something like that too, exactly. So that's just an example from each category, but they have more examples of all for each one of those. So I highly recommend that. I think that is like, it's just a better framework. It's changed the way I think about lifting rather than just thinking like I can focus on where my knees are or where my chest is or where my foot pressure is. Those mm -hmm. things all matter. Right. But instead of doing that, force myself to have no other choice. Like you basically design the exercise so that way your body is forced to solve the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So actually the, the things that you just said 
all well except for dropping under the bar right fit into that beginner snatch that high hang wall facing snatch because you can't yeah. let the bar travel forward you got to yeah. pull up nice and high you know the only thing it's missing is the drop under and for a beginner please don't focus on that just focus <laughs> on the positions well if you do a facing the wall you'll probably end up uh <laughs> hitting the wall pretty hard <laughs> yeah 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 that won't work so don't do that but yeah i just like that framework you know it changes the way yeah. i about it so i'm definitely gonna pull all that information because uh, i think if you are a newer coach and you need a schema like this is just a cheat code right yep, yep exactly and, and then, go ahead yeah not as a beginner right i don't think i'm in a novice coach i'm gonna steal that shit anyway oh yeah no that's that's not for the beginner that's not for the intermediate or the advanced it's for everybody you know what i mean yeah. like that framework of thinking about it now, maybe you don't need to think too much about it if you're mm -hmm. a beginner, but if you're a coach and you know all of this and you see a beginner having a problem, you can kind of nip it in the bud right away by just implementing these exercises. And that's a good point too. So I'll point, I'll say for beginners and intermediates, if you start with bad habits, it will be really hard to unlearn those habits once you reach, once you approach maximal lift weight. Yeah, for sure. So- I definitely say grab yourself a coach for the first 10 sessions or something like that. Get a feel for what it should be and then go off on your own. I mean, 10 is just an arbitrary number, but it'll catapult you forward so much faster. Yeah. And um, I mean, this is interesting too. I just saw this video from Kelly Starrett, the Ready State, his YouTube channel, great channel. Mm -hmm. He was just talking about, uh, he's been doing a series on ankle mobility or ankle uh, issues and the one he just talked about which was uh you mentioned the with your wall facing drill how you're supposed to be vertical in that dip mm -hmm. he actually talks about this pretty like explicitly in the video he just put out like if you have ankle range of motion problems being vertical in that dip requires a degree of ankle flexibility that probably most people have mm -hmm. but if for whatever reason you just have really bad ankles and they're super tight and you can't be vertical in that uh, dip position. It's going to cause you to solve that problem some other way. Yeah. And you'll be less efficient as a lifter. Ollie lifters, right? The first time I threw on lifters, I missed a whole bunch of lifts forward. Yeah, exactly. It pitches everything forward. It puts your weight upright. So once you, I would say start learning in flats and then upgrade to lifters as you approach intermediate advance. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. I don't think there's any real need to use lifters um unless you are trying to be like well a obviously if you have some sort of range of motion problem that makes it dangerous for you to do it otherwise right it is a band-aid though it's not okay. a it's not a permanent fix it can be a, a clutch or a, a crutch that's the word i'm looking for yeah exactly so like if you're lifting weights that are so heavy for you relative to you that it becomes dangerous to not wear lifters then I shouldn't be ollie lifting. <laughs> well, yeah, but obviously wear the lifter if you're going to yep. do it, right? Because you don't want to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you're not a competitive weightlifter, you should probably work on being able to go through the ranges of motion without the lifters. You know what I mean? Use that 200 bucks to buy a couple coaching sessions. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like that's some solid advice. So I'm going to drop that uh, the video in the description so you guys can check it out. I want you to try it and even maybe throw on some for your intermediate and advanced weightlifters, throw on some plates and see how you do. Um, just be careful because if you miss, you are facing a wall. So if you throw like 45s on, it'll be a little bit close. But I mean, I've done high hang muscle snatches up. Like I'm not that strong, but even like sets of 95 feels good. It feels like I feel like prepped and primed and ready to go. I like it. I like and then uh, that book I'm definitely buying. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. I, I, uh, I used to have it. I gave it to, I let somebody borrow it, but honestly, um, the YouTube series, they have like one YouTube video that goes through everything, mm -hmm. but they also have like a series of videos, uh, like three or four videos. So I highly recommend it because cool. they can give you visuals in there. Like they can go through the drills with you too. So, and what is the book like 30 bucks maybe? Yeah, probably something like that. Brought, bought it right off their website. Cool. Well, one of these days we'll have to do, um, 
an experts video or advanced because I feel like we've done enough reps and snatches and cleans to have some solid feedback. Yeah, I you know I I agree, but I also um, there's this book. What's it called? Practical programming. Have you ever yep. heard of it? Yeah. So I like this. It's a strength uh, and conditioning book, mostly just geared towards like strength training. Mm -hmm. like, does mention Olympic lifting, but it doesn't go into huge detail with it. But what he talks about in there, the idea of his framework of beginner, intermediate, and advanced is kind of like what's ingrained in my mind. And the way he defines advanced is like basically a professional athlete, but right. not just a perfect, like if you're a football player, you're not an advanced, even if you're in the NFL, you're not an advanced weightlifter. You're not yeah. an advanced strength trainer. Like only if you are a power lifter, would you be considered advanced? Or if you are a strong man or, or Olympic weightlifter at a high level, then you would be considered advanced. Yeah, I don't have a good schema for that. I mean, that makes sense, right? So most people are intermediate, intermediate plus who have, exactly. you know, 10 years of training under their belts. Exactly. So that's kind of how it is in my mind. Like I consider myself to be an advanced intermediate. An advanced intermediate. Cool. Because that's, that's what he says in the book. He says like the beginner, the intermediate, then the advanced intermediate training and then the truly advanced we call that a humble brag in the industry i guess humble, yeah humble brag well no, uh, ollie lifting's super fun and uh it's supposed to be fun because it's a skill development not strength not capacity development it's just something that that spices up training and yeah. you can do it in workouts and it can be fun um but i've definitely seen some people miss cleans and hurt their wrist and catch snatches weird and work on their shoulders too. So just take it. My advice is no matter where you are, take it slow, take your time. Um, always be ready to go before you pull that bar off the ground. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's, uh, let's take a break from Ollie lifting. Um, that was fun. Let's talk about uh, nutrition a little bit. Let's do it. So sugary beverages, what's your go-to? All right, so what is my go-to sugary beverage or replacement? If someone puts it in front of you, like what are you not going to be able to resist? A sugary beverage that I cannot resist. Mm, I mean, I guess chocolate milk. <laughs> I was going to say chocolate milk too. Yes. <laughs> nice. That's definitely a sugary beverage. But as I'm thinking of it though, mm -hmm. that's not one that typically comes to mind. You usually think like soda or something. You yep. Know? So it's a good point. Like chocolate milk is also a sugary beverage. So, yeah, you know, be careful there. Even so like uh, whenever people tell me like, oh, I'm pretty healthy. You know, I don't drink soda. I'm like, cool. What do you, what else do you drink? They say, oh, tea and coffee. So that's yeah. not the end of the conversation, right? So good. what do you put in your tea and coffee? Or do you get us a, 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 a moon bucks, Double frappa mochaccino with unicorn rainbow sparkles. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a good point. I, a lot of people, because I drink my coffee black most of the time, so I don't think about that. But, yeah, yeah a lot of people are putting a bunch of creamers and sugars in their coffee. I'm not going to say it's not tasty, because oh. I think if you give me a frozen sweet coffee beverage, I'm going to drink it. Yeah, me too. Those are so good. I mean, especially on an island. So good. Yep. Breeze. Yeah. So um, we got soda. That's the easy one. Yep. And then there's iced tea. Yes. Uh, iced tea is a huge one. And then also um, like, like your fruit juices, you know? Yep. Apple juice and orange juice and stuff like that. Now, so. have you, uh, that's why I don't mean to call these people out, but when they're overweight and they're trying to diet, Right. You heard of the juice cleanse? Yes, but <laughs> they're not, they don't mean like orange juice cleanse, right? Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, they're okay. So I'm sure there are different ones too. So I'll preface with there are different juice cleanses. But there was this guy that I knew who had migraines, which are awful. And he was like, I'm doing a juice cleanse. He was like, apple, grape raspberry that's what i'm doing for 30 days <laughs> dude that's just that's you might as well just take a bottle of water 
and a cup of sugar. Just pour <laughs> it in. Surprisingly to everyone, he had diarrhea and his headaches got worse for the first two weeks and then he gave up. Makes sense. Right. Body was so, dying. <laughs> so, yeah. So in juice, fruit juice is not bad. Sugar is not bad. There's a time and a place for it. Yeah. Right? Everyone and their brother knows as a swimmer, you know, they do your morning workout or cross country runner. They're like, hey, drink this chocolate milk. It has fat, it has protein, and it has that carbohydrate sugar. So it's good for recovery. Yeah, for sure. Um, when you drink fruit juice, they take out the fiber, which is like the good part of fruit. They just take it away. And what do they add? <laughs> no, no, don't, don't say it. That concentrate with added sugar. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They take the sugar, like having the orange isn't yeah. bad. Eating an orange is not bad. Nope. But when you take just the most tasty part of the orange and just like concentrate that down and just have a bunch of that in a glass, you can crush so many more calories. Yeah, dangerous stuff. I'm imagining a guy with an orange slice and a bowl of sugar, like a rimmed, uh, like you get a margarita and they put yep. sugar on it. Just take that orange and just like pat it down in the sugar bowl so it's covered. That's yep. what dried fruit is, right? You'd still get some of the fiber. So good though. So um, coffee, tea, you have soda, soda you have milk, more. dairy products, and yep. then you have your non-dairy milks too. And usually those also have a lot of carbohydrates too. So you do. So just because it's not a dairy product doesn't mean it's any better for you than dairy. If dairy doesn't do well for you, pick a different milk. So I, I struggle with milk. Chocolate milk's a winner. But it's not like I'm saying, you know, I'm not having dessert. So I'm just having soy ice cream. It's still ice cream at the end of the day. Yeah. Do you so, drink um, like the almond milks? Yeah, I just recently bought um, oat milk and it's really good. I haven't tried that. I've been drinking almond milk for a long time. But um, like recently I got uh, the chocolate almond milk, which I never had before. It's good. Of course. <laughs> Delicious. Of course. Yeah. So. So, so I actually picked oat milk because... I am chronically underfed and the oat milk has the most calories per cup. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I can do the lactate milk and then I can do protein powder. But if I mix the two whey protein powder, if I mix the two, it's too much for my stomach. Yeah, I can see that. So as long as I pick one or the other, I'm totally fine. Okay. Okay. Now I want to talk about the first thing that I did to replace sugar in anything. So I like the occasional margarita every now and then, mm -hmm. um, especially when it's warm. Salt on the rim, because a margarita is a pretty sweet drink. So at first we were making it with soda and I was getting pretty bad after effects. Okay. So I replaced the soda with lime juice and sparkling water. We did a LaCroix and it basically, after like, I don't know, we'll say 10 drinks, however long it took me to drink that, basically tastes the same okay i like it right so now like i'm already drinking alcohol so i don't want it to be a complete loss so instead of having an extra 20 or 30 grams of sugar on top you know now we're just hydrating on top yeah instead that's better that's better than me because my my um alcoholic drink of choice is a rum and coke and what i do to cut back on the calories is i just use diet soda <laughs> yeah so definitely cuts back on the calories, mm -hmm. but now we have to ask what else is going in. <laughs> right. So yeah, my, one of my favorite drinks too is a gin and tonic. And the first couple of times I had it, it was with zero calorie or diet, whatever you'd call that water. Uh, what is it called? Uh, tonic water. Mm. So that tastes weird. Once I went back to sugar, but what I will say is that I would much rather everybody drink diet soda instead of regular soda, right? We're talking a stepwise approach. Yeah, I am. I agree. I want to agree, but I'm just not sure of the effects of everything that's in diet soda. Like, so what I do, I don't drink a ton of soda, but on the weekend, if I want a soda, I'll just get a diet soda. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like one of those a week, not a big deal. 
Correct. But you're the type of person that drinks soda every day, like one or two bottles a day, and you replace that with diet soda. I honestly don't know what the long-term health effects of that are, you know? Yep. So most of the people in my imagination that are trying to reduce their sugary beverages is for a weight, is for weight management. For sure. Yeah. It definitely helped with that part. So we're talking like the first step in the journey and some diet soda tastes terrible. Yeah. I've gotten used so, to it. Yeah. You're used to it tasting terrible. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, so that first step going from regular to diet is going to go a long way. Now, yeah. I would say that's not solving the root of the problem. Right. But I'm, I'm cool with that. We have nutrition clients who, you know, that makes them happy. Or you go from one soda or two sodas a day to one diet and one regular. Yep. So over the course of, you know, six months, two years, X amount of time, we're going to slowly resensitize you to actual like good flavor. So you're not just like bombarded with sugar. Yeah. So diet soda is my first step from regular soda. Yeah. Now, when we move back from there, this is what this is the transition that gets hard, right? So I have a soda stream and it's like one of my favorite things. Yeah. Okay. I love it. And I got it because I was I had way too many cans and I looked like a frat house every day emptying my recycle bin because it was just cans of LaCroix. It's so yeah. good. I'm not a big fan of LaCroix. Mm -hmm. What's your go to? So if somebody is like me and doesn't like a lot of those um, sparkling waters, mm -hmm. the one that I think is that tastes the best to me is the bubbly, which I think is Pepsi's brand mm -hmm. or Coke. It's one of their two brands. So it's called just bubbly. And um, that tastes the best to me. It's just sparkling water. There's no added anything or whatever, but uh, you know, flavors obviously, but nothing yeah. outside of that. Um, and that tastes the best to me. So I like them. There are a couple that I like. LaCroix iffy. I'm, I'm iffy on that one. But you're right, though. This is the hard transition from diet soda to um, sparkling water. It's not the same, and it's not as sweet. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but, like, you know that first time someone's like, hey, you want a shot? And you're like, yeah, I want a shot. And they take it, and they're like, that's delicious. And then you take it, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, you want to die. Yeah, why would you do that to me? This well, is the transition. Yeah, but I actually, so this is, I do agree this is like a difficult transition that many people are not going to, uh, that many people don't overcome, mm -hmm. but there's a step in between. You ready for this? I'm ready. It's not a type of drink. It's a one specific brand of the drink, and it's called Zevia. Zevia, yes. Yeah. That's Sam's Club, right? Um, I don't know. I I get them everywhere. I don't know if it's a Sam's Club brand. I thought it was its own brand, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's called Zevia. It's sweetened with obviously stevia. Right, right. But um, so, so tell me if I'm wrong. They sweeten it with stevia, but it's sparkling water at its core. It's not soda. So the only additional right. ingredient is the stevia. Yes, I believe so. Um, and they have like all the different like soda flavors, you know, like mm -hmm. colas and Dr. Pepper, which they call Dr. Zevia and like the mountain. <laughs> Very creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the Mountain Dew type flavors. They have all those flavors, but it's just not sweetened with sugar or any like of the fake stuff. It's sweetened with stevia. Mm -hmm. So and you that, can do that on your own too. Yeah. If you, you have stevia. Yep. But I'll get these things. I'll, I still dr I drink them all the time. I love them. Um, so I think that's a great way to go. Mm -hmm. They yeah, don't, again, they don't taste exactly like soda. You can taste the difference for sure. Yeah. But it's still really tasty. Um, it just tastes different. That's all. Slightly. But still really tasty. Yeah, that's a good move. I mean, honestly, so I like a glass of whiskey or bourbon every now and then. And the only reason I got into it was because soda, drinking soda makes me feel absolutely terrible. Yep. So you just like, you eat shit a little bit and it burns and you're like, this is good. <laughs> but it's so much easier to drink two or three ounces. And then I have this big ass water bottle and like, that's my day. You yep. know, I end up feeling a lot better than I would expect. So um, 
with my soda stream, I'll hit it with a ton of carbonation. I like a lot. So one of the tips that I picked up from college is to throw a pinch of salt in there because it helps you absorb the water better. Okay. So the electrolytes deal with water and hydration balance. So I throw a pinch in, please don't throw too much. If you throw too much in and you drink it, it'll make you throw up. Or if you throw in like slightly too much, the water feels salty or like briny. Yeah. So just a pinch. And I have um, like a 28 ounce or 24 ounce or whatever that big bottle is. And it's just one two finger pinch and we're good to go. Nice. So that gives it a little bit of a, like a different texture. So then I have a couple of things that I put in there. One, if you still like your sugary fruity drinks, put in a shot glass full of raspberry juice. That's an hour or raspberry, apple, cherry, grape, like it doesn't matter. And that's basically nothing compared to drinking 30 ounces of water. Yeah. Exactly. You get that little texture, you get a little bit of color and flavor. Um, so I do lime or lemon juice too by themselves. And those are great. I like it. Now the one that I just started and somebody got me into this one is apple cider vinegar with mother. Oh, adding that into your the sparkling water. Okay. So some people drink shots of it because it's super good for immune, your immune yeah. system. I took, I don't know why I just had the bottle. I mixed some and I just like took a swig of it. It was disgusting. Yeah. I take a pill that has it in it. That's a good idea. Cause you don't have to swallow it and it feels all weird in your mouth. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So I think with the right ratio of apple cider vinegar, it tastes like apple cider and there's just, it's just water, a little salt and some apple cider vinegar. Nice. Coffee, tea, measure your creamer, measure your sugar, and every other week, decrease it by a little bit until you're out, until you're at zero. Yes. And I would just like to echo what you said earlier about desensitizing yourself to um, like the sugary taste. Mm -hmm. Try unsweet tea. It's actually really good. Yeah. It does I have caffeine in it. It does have caffeine in it but I don't even like sweet tea anymore. Mm -hmm. I much prefer the unsweet teas. You just got to get used to it. Yeah. And you'll appreciate other foods better once yeah. you desensitize or resensitize yourself to sugar. Yes, exactly. All right. Anything else to add on sugary beverages? I, I'm good. I think that's it. Like, and you will notice, you will just feel like way, way, way better. Once you start drinking more water and less sugary stuff. Yeah. True. Wait. All right. Now, since it's tough to give up sugary beverages, we have to talk about some strategies to build your mental toughness. Oh, okay. Okay. I like how you did that. That was like a pro move right there. Listen, I'm okay at this. <laughs> now with everything fitness and health wise, I think it's important. And I will say everything. Testing and retesting really, really matters. Yeah, right? Because at the end of the day, this is all supposed to be somewhat based on science, right? <laughs> somewhat. Somewhat. So yeah, you got to test and measure and reevaluate. So if you had to come up with a test for me right now to test my mental fortitude, what would you have me do? If I had to come up with one right now, only yep. because I haven't thought about it at all. Exactly. I would just default to what I, what we talked about last time or, or whatever episode it was about the three day fast, the three day fast. That is an awesome test for mental toughness. Yeah. I could probably come up with a better test that didn't take three days. Um, but just because that's all that came to my mind. And I don't have to do anything like sit in it, sit with my family while they're eating dinner, like watching everyone eat. I can just do it any way I want. A three-day fast? Yeah, that's sufficient. <laughs> okay, cool. That's a good one. Yeah, I think so. It's now, if it, was like, if it was like don't eat for one day, then I would say you have to watch everybody else eat. <laughs> Damn it. Or you have to chew your food and spit it out. <laughs> that might not be too bad. Get the flavor. That is, that's pretty wasteful, but I think that would be kind of funny. Yeah, but you could just get a pet bird or something and not waste the food. Nice, nice. Spit it, spit it up for the bird. Um, so, all right, what would be your test for me? 
Okay, because I know you're into fitness, mm-hmm. and I know you're a strong guy. I want you to pull 135 on a barbell, and I want one set. You are not allowed to let go of that bar. Hold you're on. Not I'm going to guess. I'm gonna yeah. guess. It's back squats, right? Yep. 100 reps. Yes. Yep, that's what I thought you were going to say. So we, we did this workout at, our, at my gym before. You and um, I? No, uh, we didn't. Yeah, I was like, oh, uh, that. <laughs> but we, we programmed it at the first gym that I used to coach at. And uh, my wife, it was 95, 135. And she did 86 reps and had to drop it. Ooh. Oh, can, all right, let's stop right there. If you get to 86 and you have to drop it, that means that those last like 20 reps yeah. were horrendous for yeah. you. Like, like meaning like they hurt very bad. Yeah. Like you want to cry. You yeah. actually are ready to cry. Yeah. Because the only way you get that close and don't finish is if it was that bad. Yep. Right. There is no reason like take body weight, you know, take 75% of body weight. Like you can do squats and you'll be sore, but it's not going to kill you. I mean, good form, good coaching, but damn. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the close though, I'm going to come out the gate and tell you my initial thoughts are I'm not doing that unbroken. Yep. I'm going to say I'm not taking it either, but you only get one shot. There's no broken or unbroken. The target is 100 and you either make it or you don't. Yeah. You're not picking it back up. That's not allowed. Yeah. I don't think I'm doing that unbroken. Um, but I guess you never know. Yeah. So then, I mean, if I could draw up this imaginary fantasy land for every rep you don't do in your head, I'm going to tell you this when you start. Every rep under 100 is 10 assault bike cows. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather just jump on that bike, put a movie on thousand cows let's go (laughs) right so you got to have some some impending doom like some feelings of you got to go for it now if you don't need that kind of motivation you're going to get tougher mentally right no tell me it's 10 bucks for every rep i don't get (laughs) oh you got to give it to me yeah you pay me 10 bucks all right that's easy enough i'm hanging on for life (laughs) i'm doing more reps i'm doing more reps and you owe me (laughs) yeah so i mean you can rest as much as you want to but it's not going to get that much better yeah so i mean back squatting is a little bit tough wall ball shots same way you could do that like when are you going to fail a 20 pound squat yeah if we want to talk about like a crossfit workout it's karen yep karen 150 wall balls for time some people do that unbroken. Actually, I'm sure a lot of the high-end athletes, I'm sure almost all of them do it unbroken at that point. But yep. that is maybe the idea of doing that workout unbroken is probably the most terrifying thing in CrossFit that I can think of. How many wall balls have you done unbroken before? The absolute most I've ever done before. I know I've done 75. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was like, maybe I did 80 or 90 at one point. Yeah but never anywhere close to 150. And I don't think I could, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't think I could. Right. And there's no reason not to, other than it sucks. It just burns a lot. Yeah. But like the shoulder fatigue sets in too. Yeah. Yeah. It's another factor. You do another out of breath. Like yeah. Another breath. good one is you take the weight off and I want you to do one set of body weight squats as many as you can without stopping. You mean without a bar? Yeah, just body weight. Put a metronome on, gotcha. like set a pace, and then you got to keep going until you can't. Yeah, it depends on the pace. I am, like some people do air squats like it's not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. Not me. I, they, they tax me. <laughs> yeah, so we're not talking like one a second because that's too much rest, but it looks like it has to look like you're, you're moving a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like your your uh, your like one hundred or fifty air squats for time pace. Maybe a little slower than that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. Fifty for time that pace. Yeah, or even just a little slower, right? Because I'm 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 wanting you to hit like the two hundred rep mark. Gotcha. That's, okay. that's where I want you to be. Yeah. I, I see. I've always been the guy that like 
they they just tax me when I, when I hit about like forty, I can mm-hmm. start to feel the effects already. Some people are just like, boom, 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 no problem. So yeah, that would suck. Anything where you're squatting would definitely suck. Yeah. Now, um, what this came to mind a little bit because I think in a in a CrossFit sporting sense, like a wall ball, there's no reason for you that you need to stop. Yeah. Right. So to be a competitor in anything, you have to be, to be good, a good competitor, you have to be willing to eat it and push a little bit harder than everybody else. And that little bit is one rep. It's two reps. You know, it's not going to amount to a huge change when everyone is really, really good. Yeah. So, so pick a movement or a workout across a workout like grace. Can you do 30 unbroken clean and jerks? and not worry about the time. I definitely can't, not at 135. No, me either. But that's like, so we're talking about mental toughness and that's a, like what you're getting at here is the idea like, if we want to test it or get better at it, you need to pick things that aren't physically limiting. Yep. Things where your mind will always give up first so that yep. way you can actually push that limit. Yep. Like so, a 75 RPM bike test. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really good one. See. Uh, see how long you can go for that. Yeah. Oh. Pretty much any like VO2 max test. That's mm-hmm. after yep. a certain point, like you're fit and they're just going to check the box and say you're healthy. But yeah. how long can you suffer Yep. without giving up? And yeah. what's really hard to do is take away physicality and like study. No distractions. Can you oh. sit there and like do math for like, four hours without stopping or getting distracted meditation for me is the same way i'm not a good meditator uh this is a whole nother topic but i would i've done a little bit of meditating not a ton but a little bit and the mindfulness meditation whatever that even means is the approach that i've like got taught Mm -hmm. and just because you get distracted doesn't mean you're a bad meditator yeah that's a good point and i appreciate that the only, the only goal at all with mindfulness meditation, I believe, is to just be aware of what's going on. Be aware of what you're feeling and what you're thinking. So not to digress too much here, but just because your thought pops into your mind while you're meditating doesn't mean you're a bad meditator. We'll Recon- definitely come back to this one. Yeah, recognize it, come back. That's all. So, so in my notes, I have um, one baby step at a time and being consistent is going to be better than being good or trying really hard. Yeah. And I actually think that in and of itself, like we just talked about Olympic weightlifting. Mm-hmm. If I want to see your mental, I don't know if I would say toughness, but your, I don't know what the right word, maybe your fortitude or whatever. Um, I would just say in the beginning of that, when I'm teaching you Olympic weightlifting, are you willing to take three months before we even get anywhere near what feels like a Heavy. hard workout? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to come back in every day and listen to my boring cues and my boring exercises and do our boring reps? If you're willing to do that for three months before we get anywhere with it. Okay. I, I'm, I got, I think that says something about your mental capacity mm-hmm. for, for this stuff. So that's a good, good way to go about it too. And then I was also reading this book called The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz. Uh, he's a cool tax guy, business guy. He wrote The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Uh, he, he has a couple other books. And he talked about having your immutable laws. And these are your personal values that you will not break ever. So I like that already. I can't rattle off any of my own immutable laws, but I, I love the idea already. So tell me more. Yeah, so his, his play, he has a few. I think one of his laws is don't be a dick. Seriously? That's, I think that's one of his immutable laws. If you're a dick, he doesn't want to work with you. Can I just tell you real quick that like a couple years ago, I started writing this book, and it was called How to Be a Nice Fucking Person. That was that's it. Great book title. That's what it was called. I think I started writing it because I got pissed off one day. Somebody like in a store was doing something and it just annoyed me. So I just came home and started writing a book. Mm-hmm. I only wrote the first chapter and it was, it was called step one, 
don't be a dick. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. So, so one of his immutable laws is don't be a dick. And I like to think for me, and it's hard to do this for me, but I like the rule relax. And I don't mean to say like, Hey buddy, relax. I mean, like take a second. Like you don't have to be uptight about things. It's only going to make it worse all the time. If you're not relaxed, Yeah. give yourself a second to process, you know, people aren't out to get you just be cool. Well, like we talked about when we talked about the four agreements, yeah, those things right there are some of my, I guess, if I had to say right now, immutable, immutable laws. Yeah. Yep. And so what we said, you know, don't take anything personally, do your mm -hmm. best. Yeah. That sort of stuff. So I agree. Relax. I, I would say, I would like to say last couple minutes on the topic here, like when we're talking about mental toughness, I always like to think about, um, I forget where I heard this from, but somebody had said it. It's like a fairly popular phrase, I guess, is discipline over motivation. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. I love that one. So and it's I, super hard. It's what? It's hard. It's hard, but it's also like, I almost feel like it's more freeing because anybody who's ever tried to do anything achieve any goal you know that you lose motivation eventually like it just happens all the time yeah especially if you have if you have any sort of long-term goal you're always going to lose motivation at some point but if you recognize that it's not about that external factor it's more about your ability to have discipline over your actions then like you realize okay it doesn't matter that i don't want to do this i'm gonna do it because yeah. i have that discipline you yeah know? i always think about writer's block in this scenario yeah. I, it's just like a super easy concept. Like if you want to write a book, you don't have to write something good every day, but you have to write every time you say you're going to write, you got to sit down and write. hundred percent. That is what I've read a couple of books on people who write screenplays mm -hmm. and they, all the successful ones say like the same sort of thing is where they treat it like a nine to five. Yep. They, they write no matter what, even if they throw it all away the next day. Yeah. You know? But it's yeah. like, you got to get in there and you got to do it. Yeah. Like put yourself, you know, I, I respond well to external pressure. So I'll kind of make it for myself. I'll like create this scenario or I'll go to my boss. And I'm going to be like, Hey, on Tuesday, I'm going to get you all this stuff. And I will not miss that deadline. Yep. I won't, I won't miss that deadline. So then I'm like, you know, I, she doesn't care if I do it or not, but I care that I said I was going to do it. Right. Right. Nope. I like it. In the four agreements, there's like the do your best one. Like I'd say some of those are immutable laws, but like do your best. And eh, sometimes you got a job and I just like, I just do what you tell me to do. Yeah. You know, sure. like I don't need to do my best all the time in there. I got other things that I want to do my best on. No, but you're right. You, you said this though, like, but you're doing your best given all the factors in your life. So if you slack off on one thing, no, don't be so hard on yourself because yep. you're doing your best given all, you know, given all the situations going on. Do your best is, is, uh, is mental toughness. Cause I don't want to do my best for everything. Cause it can get done faster. Yeah. It's inefficient to do your best. Yeah, I know. I know. So, um, it's, it is hard to test and retest something that is like in the air um, I don't know if you know Dawn Fletcher. She runs um, a company called Mentality Wad, and I did her program, and it was really good. And uh, she kind of reinforced phrases of affirmation, and I think those are actually more valuable than I initially gave credit to. Yeah, that's where like your discipline over motivation. Like I don't want to, and then you just like I told myself that I will do this, and I know that I can. Yeah. I, I do. So I see what you're saying. So I do like that, that how you just said that that's like an affirmation because it is, mm -hmm. and it is something that I will resort to if I don't feel like doing a goal that I set out to, I'll say that to myself. And, um, but because I know like, because of the weight that I give that sort of idea, the weight that I give that phrase, if you will, I am cautious about what I put into that category. Cause I yes. know yes. I and that's something in that category. It's, it's now a commitment. You know and that's I mean? good because you want to keep those things few. 
yeah but i'll say that i'm gonna do this thing or that thing or the other thing mm -hmm. but i don't i very rarely put those things that i verbally say into that category because i know like i can only have a couple of things in there because it's yeah. gonna it's gonna take up my time my bandwidth you know so i dig it and and bandwidth is something that we're going to talk about over and over again because i like the idea you know yeah. do do work hard so um it's a process and be nice to yourself too. Yep, 100%. And it is something that you can get better at. It's, it seems like it's like a hard thing to get better at, but you can. Mm -hmm. You just need some, I think you need some uh, positive experiences. You need some easy wins to get the ball rolling, to get the momentum. Make your bed. Make your bed. There you go. You make your bed every day, right? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> it's not in that bucket. Yeah, not it's not quite in that bucket for me, but the concept makes sense. So cool. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for today. Uh, we did some ollie lifting, some sugary beverage alternatives, and we wrapped it up with some mental toughness. So, anything to add today before we wrap it up, Ty? No, I'm good. I think that was great. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Like, comment, share. Let us know if there's some topics that you want us to cover that maybe we haven't covered, or if there's something you want us to go more in depth on. Let yeah. Us We'll yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we're leaning on doing a couple of different styles of episode, you know, a couple where we do a deep dive into one topic because we could talk about one topic for two hours and have done that before. Easy. Yeah, so let us know in the comments. I like that. Like, share, subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah. And, and see uh, you guys on OnlyFans. See you guys on OnlyFans. <laughs> Peace. Later. <laughs>